Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. Down the sideline. Into the end zone. From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. All right, everyone, welcome into One Giant Step. Bryce Gelman here without Sean Morash today, but don't worry. The excitement will still be here because we're going to be talking about the perfect Giants offseason now that the NFL season is finally done. The Chiefs repeat as champions. Boring, I know. But this is what is exciting the NFL offseason now that the Giants are in a spot where they really need to come back from what was a pretty terrible season last year at at 6-11. and Now is the time for the false hope. Now it's time for the false excitement. But we're going to get right into it, starting here with the first big thing the Giants need to do, and that's to restructure some of these major deals that they they made last year with, with, with Andrew Thomas. With, with Dexter Lawrence, they need to restructure these deals to ensure that they have as much cap space as possible. Right now, the Giants rank right near the middle of the pack in terms of cap space in the NFL, $26 million in total cap, which ranked 16th in the league. And that's not exactly what you want. I mean, they're only a few million dollars ahead of the Chiefs, which are 17th. The Chiefs obviously won, you know, they won the Super Bowl. So the Giants right now, they're, they're at a, a precarious spot because they have a lot of ways they can go about this offseason, but to do that, to go out and, and get the, the type of guys they want to get in free agency to, to fix the offensive line, do a bunch of other stuff that we're going to get to later in this podcast, they need to ensure that they have as much money as possible. And I'm sure that a guy like Dexter Lawrence, I'm sure like a guy like Andrew Thomas, I mean, you see around the league, all these other guys being okay with the restructuring of deals, but not losing out on any money. They're just creating cap space. So that is one thing that, that Joe Shane and 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 you know, the Giants front office, it's imperative that they do because if they don't, that they won't be able to get the type of guys again, as I said, that they really want to get. So number two, and I don't know why this is as controversial. I mean, I, I'm not going to say it is controversial, but I hope it isn't. I, I really hope it isn't that controversial of a move. Is the Giants need to re-sign Xavier McKinney? Xavier McKinney completely came into his own. He became one of the top safeties in the league, and. In Shane Bowen's defense, safeties are extremely important. And what's the best thing to do when you bring in a new offense, new coordinator, either offensive or defensive? You want to give them the personnel that they need to do what they need to do to help your team win games. And that first thing is to re-sign Xavier McKinney. The Giants, hey, they made a great draft pick in, in, in the Dave Gettleman era. There weren't many great draft picks, but this is one of them. Xavier McKinney completely rebounded from the drama that he had the year before where he went to Cancun or wherever he went and injured himself on an ATV. He came back. He proved the doubters wrong at a contract year. Now PFF is projecting him to be making around $12.5 million a year over, obviously, a multi-year deal. And on the Giants, I make that move in a heartbeat. 
it, it remains to be seen whether or not he's going to ask for more. Uh, it's been reported and and speculated, sorry, speculated that he won't be accepting a hometown discount. But if it's a $12.5 million, the Giants got to make that move. They need to ensure that they have as good of a secondary as possible because you're going to be losing out on a Dory Jackson. I understand that's a corner and we're talking about safeties here. But this Giants secondary is one of the biggest question marks going forward. Deontay Banks showed what he could be. The, the promise, you know, as a, as a solid as a solid cornerback. Listen, no one's saying that he's going to be a top five cornerback in the league, but he could be a top ten cornerback. He could he could he could reasonably match up with some of the best receivers in the league. The Giants certainly tested him in that regard, but they're going to need to see a bigger leap and improvement, especially with the Giants presumably getting rid of and moving on of uh, with Dory that Dory Jackson. So that's that's a huge huge get for the Giants. I say get, they already have him, but it's not it's not clear as day the Giants will be bringing back Xavier McKinney, but they absolutely need to do it. All right, let's get into the next thing here for the Giants, and that is to part ways with Saquon Barkley. The Giants just need to move on. It's time. They rely way too much on him, and do you really want to be giving a running back 12 to $14 million a year over a multi-year deal? If I'm Joe Shane, I don't make that move. I understand that this guy is a model player. He's a model, you know, figure in the community. He does everything you'd ever want. He's been a great ambassador for the game of football. But do you really want to be paying a running back 12 to $14 million in this day and age, especially with the team with as many holes as the Giants have? And it's something that, that Sean and I, you know, continuously discuss here on one giant step, and that's the future of Saquon Barkley. And I've been pretty avid on it. I, I, I love Saquon Barkley. He is a top five, top 10 running back in the league. Obviously has had injuries. He's lost a step. He's still extremely elusive. He still is the Giants offense, but they need to figure out how to move on and how to thrive without him. And the first step in doing that is telling him to get lost, unfortunately. If he comes back from free agency, let's say the Giants say, okay, we're not going to give you the franchise tag. You go out and test free agency. If he comes back and says, all right, well, I can't get anything more than $9, $10 million, you resign him. I mean, that, no doubt about it. If he really wants to be a Giant for life, he may feel slighted if the Giants don't give him the franchise. I mean, he doesn't want the franchise tag at all. He wants the deal. doesn't look like the Giants are going to be giving him $13, $14 million a year, which is what he wants. So presumably, he'll go test free agency if the Giants don't uh, you know, place the tag on him, which I hope they don't. And, you know, if he comes back to the Giants with a reasonable number, with a reasonable number, you make the deal. But right now, you can't keep relying on this guy. You can't have your entire offense revolve around a running back, especially with the needs at wide receiver, with the needs uh, on, on the offensive line. You, you re-sign Saquon Barkley. You take away from some valuable pieces that you can bring in in free agency uh, and elsewhere. Like, like this, is a, this is a perfect time for the Giants to invest in a running back in the second, third, fourth rounds like every other team in the NFL has done in recent years. They just need to do it. They need to adapt to the current NFL status and the status quo, and that is let's draft a serviceable. And again, all these guys are expendable. Unless your name is Christian McCaffrey, you're an expendable running back in this league, especially in a couple of years. So the Giants, it's time. It's time. Get rid of Saquon Barkley. Move on. Create all that, all that, uh, that, that cap space and use one of those four picks in the top 100 to find another running back like all the teams do again of uh, good value so that that's that's all i got to say about it i know people won't agree with that but it's time to move on. no one's disagreeing on the fact saquon offers so much to this team and no one's disagreeing on the fact that the giants basically completely revolve around him offensively 
but where you're going to find a little dissent, and I'm sure people won't agree with me in full here, is that they just need to figure out how to live, how to how to get by without Saquon Barkley. You're paying a guy 12 to $14 million a year as a running back in the league just to win six, seven games. I don't know how, the, how smart that is. All right, number four here, it's a big one, is the Giants need to sign an interior offensive line. They, they absolutely need to go out and get a guy like Robert Hunt on the Dolphins. He could end up as an unrestricted free agent with the Dolphins not having the money to sign him. And he will cost a pretty penny. And if you re-sign a guy like Saquon Barkley, the $12, $14 million a year, you're not going to be able to pay a guy like Hunt. So it's projected right now by PFF that Hunt uh, will get a four-year, $70 million deal. About 42 of that million will be guaranteed. It's $17.5 million a year, obviously, less than guarantees, but there's incentives, yada, 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 yada. Uh, based on everything we've talked about, I don't think the Giants are going to have enough to afford that. It, it all depends on, on how much money they, they can create by restructuring the deals of uh, of Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence. So it remains to be seen. I, I think that it would be awesome if the Giants could bring in a guy like Hunt, one of the top interior offensive linemen in the league, and you kind of shore up a lot of the problems you have. You shore up the problems that Evan Neal has at right tackle because you bring in a guy to his left that can do a solid job that takes some pressure, pressure, takes some stress off of Evan Neal. And if the Giants eventually decide to move on from Evan Neal, let's say draft a guy like Joe Alt at six overall, then, you know, you can move Evan Neal to, to, to left guard or, or right guard, however you see fit. But I'm sure the Giants offensive line strategy in the draft will depend on what they do in free agency. So let's, let's move on. Or actually, no, no I, I actually have another option here at, uh, at, at, offensive lineman. That's a guy that the Giants never should have gotten rid of. It's Kevin Zeidler, a, a guy in which there were a lot of bad moves for the Dave Gettleman era, but releasing your top offensive lineman has to be one or two on that list. It made no sense at the time, a 31 year old in the prime of his career, Kevin Zeidler releasing him. He, he becomes one of the top interior offensive linemen for the Baltimore Ravens, helps them advance the AFC championship game. They should have gotten to the Super Bowl. That's another story for another day. It's time for a reunion. If you're the Giants, you bring him back in. He's 34. He's about, he's turning 34 years old. He'll be 34 in the next year. That is a great, solid, serviceable option. He's played in New York before. He's handled the criticism. He's handled the media. He is a leader on the offensive line, a guy that the Giants should go out and get, especially if they're not able to find better options on the market. He's 34. He won't cost as much as some of these younger guys in free agency. If I'm the Giants, I don't bat an eye at this. I, I immediately put the pen to paper, bring Kevin Zeitler back. I, obviously, you know, this this all depends on if they if they want to go after Robert Hunt of the Dolphins. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But I would love Kevin Zeitler back with Big Blue. All right. Number five here. And this isn't, you know, as like a black or white issue. I'm not going to pose it as that. We could talk about this in different episodes. I think we talked about it even enough by now. But the offseason, it's going to come up. It's a question. But the Giants need to figure out their quarterback situation. They can't have another situation like 2022 where they go into the season with an unsure front office on what Daniel Jones is. They don't offer him the option. And they end up having to pay him an extra year, $40 million plus a year. So this is a time in which the Giants need to practice some caution here. Like, like you know what you have, or at least you think you know what you have with Daniel Jones. It looks like he'll be ready to go week one. ACL injuries take, you know, anywhere from, from six to 10 months to, to heal from. 
quarterback, different story, especially a mobile quarterback. It all really his what he is as the Giants quarterback all hinges on how he recovers from this injury and how he plays with the solid offensive line and 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 maybe a, a, a number one receiver because everything that people have been saying about Daniel Jones and all the excuses that people have made during his tenure tenure as Giants quarterback, how many more chances is he gonna get to prove himself? in different situations. I understand the start of this year was a kind of, you know, uh, an extreme fluke with Andrew Thomas going down in the first game and completely hogtying what they had offensively on the offensive line uh, going forward until he came back later on in the year. But Daniel Jones has gotten every single possible excuse. And if I'm being honest, I've had enough. And I think a lot of other Giants fans have had enough as well. If you want to, if you want to stick with Daniel Jones, if you think that he's your quarterback of the future, fine. I'm not saying you go out, you have to draft a quarterback. I'd say it's a smart idea to do so, because realistically, who are you going to waste? I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm using waste here because I think it's a waste. Who are you going to waste money on and bring in a backup quarterback? I think Tommy DeVito showed that he could be a pretty solid third option. As a second option, as a backup quarterback, maybe he could thrive in that spot. He definitely showed that he was able to stay afloat in those three games that he won in a row, especially that Packers game where he looked like a pretty serviceable NFL quarterback. So, and you're not paying him anything. So, you know, obviously, Terod Taylor's gone. You're not bringing him back at, at what he was making over $5 million a year or $9 million a year. Uh, that's not... You're you're not you're not in the business of overpaying backup quarterbacks if you're the New York Giants coming off a six and eleven year. So that's out of the question. They just need to figure it out at this point. They need to go and make the moves necessary to ensure to themselves, Joe Shane and Brian Dable, that you got your guy in the future. If you want to go trade up, fine. Be my guest. Trade up. Get Drake May. Get Caleb Williams. Fine. You want to trade for Justin Fields? Fine. Go ahead. As long as you have a surefire option at quarterback for the first week against whoever they haven't announced it for the Giants in the 2024 season. So that's all I'm going to say about it right now. I, I'm not going to get any more in depth with, with it. I, I, I'm, I'm tired of, of the Daniel Jones excuses. I'm tired of the, the uncertainty of, of, of having Daniel Jones as the quarterback of the New York Giants because there is no guarantee with Daniel Jones. And there hasn't been, even when the giants gave him, you know, the $160 million deal with the out after year two, people were questioning that. And then they saw how he played last year and they saw how Tommy DeVito came in and played pretty similar, if not better than Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones got hurt. So his value definitely takes a hit already with, with this, you know, with, with this torn ACL. But I think all giants fans could agree on one thing. They need to figure out the situation. They just need to be sure going forward because right now you hear conflicting reports you obviously the Giants publicly are going to back their quarterback but privately it's been said that Joe Shane won't be afraid to move up in the draft so figure it out that's all we're asking figure it out so we don't have to worry about it going into next year all right number six draft wide receiver draft a wide receiver Rumble Dunze or Malik Neighbors at six if you're not going to move up in the draft you're not going to if you don't if you're not sure I'm your quarterback of the future, and you are not okay with parting with the necessary assets to move up in the draft. You stay back at six. You draft that number one receiver. It's unfortunate the Giants won't have the chance to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., which, I, I, listen, it, it's, it's, it's over. It's done with. It's in the past. 
very unfortunate that Tommy DeVito had to come in and win three games in a row. Like I, I yes, it was fun while it lasted, but you heard me at the time. If you listen to one giant step, not happy about it. It was exciting. Yes. At some point I was like, all right, well, they got a chance to make the playoffs. Fine. Be my guest. If you're going to keep winning, keep winning. But look what it did at the end of the year. Sure. It sold some jerseys. Sure. It helped with attendance numbers, but do giants fans care about that? Do, 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 does Joe Schmo like do, do, do the, do the average working class giants fans care about how many jerseys the giants sold? I don't think so. Do they care about their bottom line? I don't think so. What they care about is having the best possible team, fielding the best possible team for the next year. And what that did, those three wins, was the opposite of what Giants fans need, what the team needs. And that is to put the best team out on the field. It's to get the best players in the draft. If you're not good enough to have a higher draft pick or to have a lower draft pick. You know, the the Giants went from having a, a great chance of getting one of the top three picks, potentially getting their quarterback of the future, potentially getting Marvin Harrison Jr. if they decided they want to stick with Daniel Jones. And instead, they're at six. Stay at six if you want to stay at six. Move up if you want to move up. But if you're going to stay at six, you draft one of these two receivers. Because going forward, you look at a guy like Jalen Hyatt. You look like you look at a guy like Wandale Robinson. These are two guys who are very solid wide receivers. And they showed flashes in these last, you know, Jalen Hyatt this last year, Wandale Robinson the last two years, of course, last year before he tore his ACL, of being very solid receivers in the NFL. You add a number one to this offense, Try scheming as a defense against that Giants offense with all the weapons that they have, with Jalen Hyatt or Wondell Robinson in the slot, with these deep threats, with Darius Slayton hopefully coming back. He's a very solid wide receiver. This wide receiver room could go from being the absolute worst in football last year to being one of the best if they can hit at one of these receivers at the top. And it's looking more like Romo Dunze will be the pick. Uh, I assume, and again, this is all speculation, I assume that Malik Neighbors will be going higher up in the draft, maybe at five, definitely not at four. If it's going to be three quarterbacks off the top of the board and then Marvin Harrison Jr., might go at five. So, again, all this remains to be seen, especially with, with, with this situation with the draft. We're going to get more into that as the offseason rolls on. It's very early here. I mean, we're two days removed from the Super Bowl. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of times where Sean's going to take the time out of his very busy day of hosting Evan Tiki, of of being a professor, to come join me and talk about all these things that you all want to talk about. But we're just talking about things, you know, very surface level today. Uh, All right, let's get into one of the last things that I think the Giants need to do, and that's they got to draft the pass rusher with with, with one of these two second-round picks, especially if they're going to go wide receiver at the start. I don't know if there's any surefire option at the top of the draft to get a to get a pass rusher. Uh, I, I think the Giants are better off taking a swing with a second-round pick, with one of those two second-round picks, obviously. The second one being the uh, the Seahawks pick. But it, it's it's come it's become increasingly clear the Giants can't rely on Aziz Ojolari. The, the amount of talent he shows, the flashes that he shows, cool, great. Playing only 18 18 out of 35 games in the last two years. They need a more reliable option than Aziz Ojolari. And it's fortunate that they don't have to pay him this year. They have one more year. He's under contract for another year. He's got a contract year. You want to stay healthy the entire year? You want to be an impact player under uh, another defensive coordinator that isn't Wink Martindale? Fine. Do it. Let's, let's see what we have here. 
with Aziz Ojolari. Let's see what kind of player he is if he's able to stay healthy the entire year because it's been increasingly clear that he could be very effective in the games that he plays, then he gets hurt and then has to find his groove again. That's very clear in all sports with a lot of different players. So it listen, I love... I love the the prospect. I love the the idea of Aziz Ojolari being healthy. But is he going to be healthy? That's the big question mark. And I think the Giants need to figure out what they have with their pass rushers. They have one side locked down with Kayvon, who they used the fifth pick in the draft on. And he's got to step up in, in a certain way because as of right now, yes, the sack numbers look good. But if you talk to anyone who's really watching football, he doesn't have the effect on the game that you'd like him to have out of a, a fifth pick in the draft. He's a very solid player. He's way better than Evan Neal. The Giants didn't miss on that pick per se, but he still has a lot of room to grow and he still needs to show us, the Giants fans and, and the Giants organization, that he is that perfect option as a pass rusher on the Giants. Because if you look back at every Giants team ever that has won, what has been their calling card? It's the ability to get to the quarterback. Kayvon's sack numbers are great, but is he a game wrecker? Reigns to be seen. Is Aziz Ojolari a game wrecker? He's not. Even when he's healthy. It's a very solid option, and if the Giants got 17 games out of him a year plus a playoff game or two, fine. But that's not the case. So the Giants need to look elsewhere with their pass rush needs. And again, we'll, we'll get into that more as we talk about the draft. In these coming weeks, we'll highlight some guys that the Giants can go out and draft. As of right now, just stating the obvious, the Giants need some pass rushers. All right, last but not least, the Giants decide to move on from Saquon Barkley. They're going to need to draft the running back. They're going to need to devote one of these top 100 picks, the four picks that they have in the top 100, towards a running back, a Jonathan Brooks, potentially, who probably will be the first running back taken off the board, a Blake Corum. Potentially, they need to find a guy who is going to be able to come in and look like an NFL ready running back. They need to find their Rashad Wright. They need to somehow get lucky and find a Kyron Williams. It's it's tough. It is, but it happens more likely than not with running backs as compared to other position players. Like you look across the board, you never know what you're getting with these receivers. You never know, especially what you're getting with quarterbacks. But if you look at running backs, you can't really find that many busts. There are only so many running backs that enter a draft that actually are good enough to get drafted. And the ones that are good enough to get drafted are ones that are mostly good enough to step on a football field and start from day one. The Giants need to find their guy that is NFL ready, that can step on the field and produce. No one's expecting him to be able to produce in a way that Saquon Barkley was able to produce, but in a way that allows the Giants to develop their own identity on offense that doesn't revolve around Saquon Barkley. And I could beat the dead horse as much as possible. I could keep, you know, you know, throwing this, this takeout. You get it at this point. You understand how I feel about it. The Giants need to move on from Saquon Barkley. They need to find a guy that makes two, $3 million a year and allows them to do whatever else they want to do for the next three to four years while the running back is pay, being paid nothing and, you know, figure out their other needs uh, around the football. All right, that'll do it for this episode of One Giant Step. Hopefully more news will be coming out as the Giants get ready to, you know, to, to attend the combine. There's obviously, as people have, have reported recently, as Saquon Barkley has reported recently, the Giants 
and Saquon Barkley's representatives and Saquon himself will be able to sit down at the combine. I don't think Sa maybe Saquon won't be there. Probably it's just his representatives. But Shane and, and Saquon's representatives are going to sit down. We're going to have more information coming out in these coming weeks. But yeah, that'll do it. Hopefully uh, you all enjoyed. If you like it, please give it a like. And also subscribe to this YouTube channel. Of course, you probably already subscribed to WFM. Thanks for watching. I'll see you all next week.